Football is football. Doesn't matter how many men are on the field or how many downs there are, it's football. There's hitting, lots of hitting, and I like hitting. This is football, baby. Argos football on TSN 1050. Counting down to kickoff, Argonauts and Stampeders just going out for the coin flip right now. We're just inside five minutes away from the opening kickoff, the home opener here for the Argos as they get ready to defend the Grey Cup. Uh, something that Mark Tressman hates. He hates we're not defending, we're a different team. What impact, I know this is a very loaded question, but Schultz, you've been around the game for a long time. What impact do you think that Tressman and Pop have had on this organization? Well, I think right now the Toronto Argonauts have a sense of stability about them that is probably stronger than at any other time in the history of the organization. And this organization has been around for over 100 years because MLSE has made a complete and total commitment to the Argonauts. You do have a coach like Mark Trestman who, to me, is much more similar to Tom Landry than he is different. Okay. In the terms and we of should say you played for Tom Landry for, for Tom three Landry. years in, in uh, Dallas. That's correct. But he looks at football as a science, as Coach Landry did. You have Jim Pop. You can make the argument he's the best in the business. Sure. You have Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray at 38 years old that still has it. You have all this stability, and you have Anthony Calvillo who <laughs> – is being groomed to be a head coach and when you have stability then it is a little bit of a trickle-down effect because when the the top of the organization is strong they end up attracting strong people at the next level all the way down to the players and all the way down to the equipment staff and everything associated with the team so the attraction of the toronto Argonauts at this present time is the stability that they give off as an organization so i should point out that the the rain is gone it is a spectacular night for football here at bmo field there's it's funny because the telltales on the uprights are essentially limp but the breeze in the championship banners which includes the 2017 championship and i thought i'd say that again uh, they're fluttering nicely so there's a little bit of breeze off the lake but it doesn't seem to be translating below the uprights but i talked to liram hyralahu last year about kicking in here and he said it can look windy and it could be still in the middle of the field or, or the uprights could be dead and then all of a sudden there's all kinds of swirling in the middle of the field well you know what it is too mike as a former player sometimes you avoid going down to the stadium because you have memories of when you play sure and you go to the stadium and sometimes it's difficult to know that that block of time is behind you or significantly behind you but for me to sit up here and to see how attractive it is to watch a football game at BMO Field when you have the planes landing and taking off on one side. You're obsessed with the airplanes. But everything about (laughs) BMO is attractive. The sun going down on Liberty City. The field which was such a concern that it would be used and abused for Toronto FC Soccer Club is absolutely immaculate. And then you have two teams that had so much success last year. Just coming to the stadium and being part of this energy is so enjoyable to see it again and be a part of it. So here's a statement made early tonight by the Calgary Stampeders. The, the, the normal method of operation during a coin toss is if you win, you defer. And you want to see if there's a weather difference so you can get the, the wind in the fourth quarter in case it's a close game and you want the wind at your back for the field goal. Calgary won the toss today. We want the football now so they have won the toss and decided to receive and they should because you can't necessarily win a football game in the first quarter but it sure can go a long way to lose it in the first quarter if you're constantly playing from a deficit 
make no doubt about it, Calgary is one of the top teams in the league. I thought they were hand-in-hand with the Edmonton Eskimos until I saw what Hamilton did to Edmonton last night. Oh, boy. And now I look at Calgary Stampeders with the receivers, with the physical skills of those receivers, with the fact that Dave Dickinson is now in his third year, fourth year as head coach of this organization. Devon Claybrooks as a defensive coordinator in every last two years they have had the number one defense in the CFL. Get the ball, get the lead, and go from there. And make no yeah, Mark Trestman knows that. That that is a statement. And right now they're telling the special teams coaches, they're telling the defense, shut them down. Get the first two and out. And then when it comes to the exchange of punts, the Argonauts will have a basic field position advantage. If even if it is a good punt, they'll get the ball back between the 35 and the 40-yard line. So the Argos will be kicking off. They will have their backs to the Gardner and kicking toward the lake tonight, going from left to right from our broadcast location. It will be Ronnie Peffer, who uh, beat out Swayze Waters handily for the kicker's job. He just came in and absolutely blew everybody away with all three phases, kickoffs, field goals, and punting. So he'll be kicking for the Argos, as Schultze uh, mentioned. They're wearing all blue helmets, jerseys, and pants, same look they had in the Grey Cup last year. Stampeders in their road whites with red numbers, red trim, red pants, and black helmets. And the deep man for the Stampeders will be Terry Williams in his second year out of touchdown. He's the starting tailback, or one of the two tailbacks, rather, for the Stampeders. So the Argonauts get the play blown in. The kickoff is underway, and it's going to be a corkscrew that will go all the way back to the six-yard line. Not very high. It's returnable for Williams. Across the 20 to the 25, he's brought down at the 28-yard line. Matt Webster out of Queens is there to make the tackle. Great kickoff, getting the ball back to the 30-yard line. Calgary Stampeders come on with their offense. It'll be interesting to see whether they run a balanced offense or whether they spread the football field, go for the big play early. Bo Levi Mitchell is the starting quarterback. Seven years, all with the Stampeders out of Eastern Washington. 297 yards against Hamilton last week. In a game, Chelsea, I thought, was the worst game I've ever seen him play, especially in the first half. He bounced back nicely in the win over the Ticats. So the market of the 29-yard line, moving right to left, ball on the left hash mark. Single back stands to the right of Mitchell. Play action, he looks. There's some pressure. He's going to throw a duck to the far side that is caught at the line of scrimmage, and it will be brought out to the 34-yard line. It is caught, and Marcus Ball just said, Hello, William Langley. And he destroyed him at the 34. It's a gain of five. And that's a statement. That first hit on the receiver is a statement. That energizes the defense. There was a good pass rush by the front of the Argonauts offense. It forced Bo Levi Mitchell to shift his feet. And you're right. It was a duck. That was not a good throw. But he was wide open. They were in a soft zone. He took advantage of it. Second down and five. Ball over on the, le- on the right hash mark now. At the 34, they need five for the first down. Same formation. Back to pass is Mitchell. Quick hit this time. It is caught by Eric Rogers, who will lean forward to the 40-yard line and get the first down in front of Alden Darby Jr. Eric Rogers, fluid receiver. You can see him run, run the out pattern. He has no wasted motion. Grabs the football, makes that transition from receiver to running back, but it was a good, solid tackle. Calgary's going to make some plays. Are they going to make big plays or a series of little plays? Tackling is the key issue for the 12 that are on defense for the Argonauts. They will go a tight end to the right side. Fullback behind him. He'll now go in motion and come over to the near side. That's Charlie Power. Play action. A little hit screen to the near side. They've got a man in Clark Jordan who will make one receiver miss. He is tripped up 
by Ronnie Yell at the 50-yard line. It should be a first down. That could have been a big play if not for the tackle by Yell. Well, what they're doing very well offensively is Calgary kind of stretched two plays to the right, two passes to the right, right to the sidelines. That one was all the way to the left, to the left hand of the sidelines. Well, all the defense has to run all the way to the left, twice all the way to the right. They're using the entire football field. Tight end still on the far side for the Stamps, moving right to left. Two receivers to the near side. They'll go to the ground game for the first time. And that's Don Jackson who's going to take the ball across midfield inside the 50 to the 45-yard line. Cassius Vaughn and company there to trip him up. Big gain down to the 44-yard line. First down, Calgary. Extremely well blocked. Don Jackson didn't get really touched until about 15 yards down the football field. They did a great job, as they say, in the offensive line world of getting a body on a body and then sustaining your body on the defender. That was a very well-executed run play. Big receiving core. Nobody under 6-1 for the Stampeders. They'll have three receivers to the near side, two up top. Now they'll go in motion and have four receivers to the right and go right up the A-gap. Once again, it's Don Jackson who will be met by a handful of Argos at the 40-yard line, a gain of four. They're in field goal range now. Right side of the offensive line of the Calgary Stampeders collapsed the left side of the Argonaut defensive line. Good adjustment by the running back, Don Jackson. Again, was not touched until about five yards downfield. That has to change. There has to be more penetration from the front four of the Argonauts versus the run to disrupt the running back's flow. First down, ball in the middle of the field. Don Jackson will stand to the left of Bo Levi Mitchell. Three receivers up top, two to the near side. Back to pass goes Mitchell. Four-man rush, gets it out of the far sideline. It is caught, and that is Juwan Breskison, who made an incredible one-handed catch last week against Hamilton. That will be good for nine yards and a first down. You know, one of the beauties of the Canadian Football League um, from an offensive perspective is because it's so wide, there are certain patterns that are almost always open. In those out patterns, if you have a strong-arm quarterback, that's the third, fourth one that they completed right on the perfect timing from Bo Levi Mitchell. Four receivers to the near side now with the ball on the right hash mark. Breskison will now go a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage as Mitchell drops back. He's looking right. He looks it off. He sets up a screen to the near side. It is caught and tackled immediately. Cassius Vaughn read that perfectly. Catches uh, Reggie Begleton at the 35-yard line. It's a loss of four yards. And Cassius Vaughn again, a pain in the rear end of the Calgary Stampeders. Excellent. Excellent defensive play by Cassius Vaughn. He had a blocker on top of him in space. He defeated the blocker. The blocker went to cut block him. He kept his feet. He found the receiver. He made the tackle all in an open area. Great play by the defensive back. Second down, and we'll call it 14 to go from the 35-yard line. Ball on the left hash mark. Four out wide. They move. No flag. Back to pass is Mitchell. He's got time. He goes over the middle, and it is a diving catch. No. It came up in the air. It was almost, almost picked off by Abdul Kanat. But it will be third down. Schultz did the right. To, was it, did Spencer Wilson not move on that? He did not move on that. I thought he did. But okay. good throw by Bo Levi Mitchell. That's the first ball down the middle of the field. It was a catchable football. So they go to the sidelines. That was the first time they threw in that area of the football field. Argonauts got lucky because the receiver should have caught that ball. Spencer Wilson limped off, the man who I thought jumped, and he'll now go back on for a field goal attempt of 47 and a half yards. He did jump. They missed it. Thank you. Thought I was going crazy. I know, eyeballs. 
Rene Paredes will get it up. One of the most accurate kickers in league history. Puts another three to his resume from 42 yards out. And the Stampeders draw first blood. With 9.52 remaining in the opening quarter, it's 3-0 Calgary. You're listening to Argo Football on the home of the Boatman. This is TSN 1050. 9.52 remaining in the opening quarter. 3-0 Calgary after the Paredes field goal. Mike Hogan and Chris Schultz with you here. You, you doing okay? You, you hanging in? Well, I had That's a little good. bit of an adrenaline rush That's there. Good. I have to admit, I got kind of excited as the Stampeders <laughs> were getting closer to the Argonaut goal line. I, I found myself a little bit of a cheerleader there, Mike, and it's refreshing to be a little bit of a cheerleader finally. You can get the adrenaline going, man. It's yes. So fun. What would we be doing if we weren't? We'd be sitting on the couch. See, we at with, home with, watching it. With a beverage yes. and, and a whole bunch of nachos and exactly just enjoying right. the game. We don't have the nachos or the beverage, but we're sitting here watching <laughs> the game. Argos will take the field for the first time. Trailing 3 nothing, and Ricky Ray and company will go to work. Ricky Ray, um, last year his fourth Grey Cup win as a starter, the only man in CFL history to do that. That says a lot right there. Now in his 16th year, his seventh with the Toronto Argonauts, and he'll put the ball in play from the 35-yard line. They won't take the kickoff. They'll just take it at the 35. Four receivers will start to the right with the ball on the left hash mark. Ray will drop back the pass. It's a three-man rush, so Ray's got time. He's going to go deep down the sideline and over through the man. Little jostling, good no call. He was looking down the sidelines for Brian Timms. It'll be second down and ten. Okay, now the computer in Ricky Ray's head is adjusting because he's saying, okay, I threw that football a little bit too far ahead. I will adjust it next time that opportunity comes up. Second down and ten. Three receivers to the near side. James Wilder Jr. standing to the right. Now he'll flip around and go to the left side of his quarterback. Three receivers to the near side, two up top, ball on the 35-yard line. Ray, another three-man rush, will scramble a little bit, and the down he goes, three on five, Schultze, and they still get to Ricky Ray early. It's a loss of seven, and out comes Ronnie Pepper and the punt team. Well, very good bull rush by Mika Johnson on Brandon Washington. Drove his that player right into the lap of Ricky Ray, and then there was no place for Ray to go. Significant because that was the problem last week, pass protection. So out comes Ronnie Peffer, and he will get this one away. Nice high kick. Will float down to the 30-yard line to Williams. Outside the numbers, gets to the 40. He gets hit hard at the 40-yard line. A little bit longer field for the Stamps this time, and they will put it in play from the 40 when we come back. 3-0 Calgary, our score, 8.5 remaining in the open quarter. It's Argo Football on TSN 1050. goes down 3 nothing to the Calgary Stampeders about halfway through the opening quarter of play. Okay, first play for the Calgary Stampeders is at their 40. So as an offensive coordinator, you're saying all we need is about 30 yards to get another field goal. Of course you want to go for a touchdown, but they're going to segment the field and see if they can first get into field goal position because a six-point lead isn't as good as a touchdown, but it's still a lead. Most offensive coordinators look at call plays based on the positioning of the football and where it is on the field. At the 40-yard line of Calgary, this is a great starting point. Bo Levi Mitchell on the opening drive, 5 of 6 for 26 yards. And Don Jackson had a couple of runs for 20 yards, one of which was 16. They'll put it in play from the right hash mark. Three receivers will come to the field side, two to the boundary. Back to pass is Mitchell. Under pressure, gets it away, looking deep, has a man diving, one-handed catch. 
What a grab downfield by Reggie Begleton out of Lamar. Fantastic catch and extended the body. It was one of those catches where the body is parallel to the actual field himself. Got both hands on it. The coverage was not excellent, but it was by no means poor coverage. The body on the body, and then he extended. Man, that was the best catch I've seen this year. Got the hat better than Breskison's last week? Oh, I forgot about that. That was, a, that was the second best catch I've seen all year. He got it with the one hand, then was able to control it with the second one as he brought it in before he hit the ground. Great catch. First down of the Argo 40. Mitchell going for blood. He's got a man on the in, and it's going to be a touchdown. Tavares Daniels has the touchdown. It's a 40-yarder, and just like that, the Stampeders are up 9-0. Too easy. Too easy that you run a slant pattern and there was too much separation between the receiver and the defensive back. The hardest thing in CFL football when it comes to defending the pass is the fact you have so much space. It's why on many offenses, they'll take four receivers, put them to the one side, put one receiver isolated on a cornerback, and then you have anywhere in between 15 and 20 yards to throw the football to a receiver that is one-on-one. The athletic ability of the Calgary receivers is evident in the last two series. They have some quality receivers, and they've burned the Argos consistently so far. T.J. Heath was in coverage there, found himself in chase position pretty quickly. Fred is in for the conversion. Got it. It's 10-0 with seven and a half minutes remaining in the opening quarter. See if the Argos can get the offense going when we come back. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. My name is Mike Hogan. You are listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Just like that, blank. Do you think the Stamps aren't a little pumped up to play the team that beat them in the Great Cup last year? They are pumped up, but now it's getting real serious, Mike, because you have 7 minutes and 34 seconds left in the first quarter. You're down by 10. You're getting the ball back. You cannot afford a 2 and out. Now is the time you got to rise to the challenge, move the ball, get some first downs. Even if you get a field goal, it's a victory on the drive. Calgary is in complete control of this game, but the Argonauts can turn it around with an excellent drive. See what Martise Jackson can do. He's the deep man along with Levi Noel, the University of Toronto product. Martise Jackson exploded onto the scene last year. His second game in the CFL was in Winnipeg. 339 total return yards that night. And well, it was a game when a woman from Winnipeg didn't win the million dollars because of the flag that shouldn't well, was strong, but shouldn't, you know. Well, there's two players down there that are going to turn the kick. See number 30? I wouldn't kick it to him. <laughs> I would kick it to number 84. That's simple. And we'll see if they do that because Martise Jackson can take the ball back all the way. Martise Jackson will get the ball at his own 11-yard line right on the numbers. And he'll take it to the 15, waiting for a block. 20, 25. He'll cut outside to the 30, to the 35, into the pile, and out of the pile of the 40, to the 45, to the 50. And that's where the Argonauts will start. They'll mark him out of bounds at the 47.5, 48.5-yard line. And that is Martise Jackson. Chris, when you're foot six and run into the pile and you played with pinball, that's a difficult guy to find sometimes. That's exactly right. It was an excellent return because he did his best on the return in the congestion area of the return. He must have made three or four people miss. Starting point on this drive is excellent. Two and out for the Argos last time. They tried a deep pass to Timms and then a sack against Ray. They've got a tight end on the near side. They've actually got two fullbacks in this formation. They're going to run with Wilder, who will get hit initially at the 50, fall forward to the 51 for a gain of two. Not only is Declan Cross on the field, so is Simon Gingras-Gagnon from Laval. And uh, it is uh, 
It's an interesting formation. We didn't see that last year because they didn't really have the two fullbacks that they could use at the same time. Well, first thing, first observation is James Rawls got his pad settled because that was a heck of a collision with the yeah. linebacker. He's into the game because that first hit is everything for a running back. Now he's playing with just a slight sense of anger. I'd give the ball right back to him again. They've got the back split. Wilder will go out into the formation now, and they'll get it to him at midfield, and Singleton, he dropped that. Wow. Mike. That was right in his mitts at midfield, and James was probably trying to turn up field on Alex Singleton a little early. It's incomplete. And third and eight. Okay, and James, seven. forget that. Okay, you drop the football, the number one thing on running backs, and number one thing on receivers is you got to catch the ball. Very catchable pass. He could have turned it up and gotten a first down. It was in his hands. That's on James Wilder. Here's the kick. Looking for the corner is Pepper. He does kick it out of bounds. We'll see where. It was his first uh, punt was a very good one, 52 with lots of hang time. They'll mark it inside the 20 at the 18-yard line. So the worst starting field position for the Stamps all day. They have scored on both of their possessions. It's 10-0 with 6-17 remaining here. You know, every defensive coordinator at the beginning of a drive has to think to themselves, do I want to play some man or do I want to play some zone? Now, for the Calgary Stampeders, every play that they've executed, they've had a positive result with. I would seriously suggest playing a little bit of zone and allowing your players to come up and make tackles because man-to-man, -man, I don't know if they can handle the receivers of the Stampeders. Ball at the 18-yard line. Stamps moving from right to left. And they will go right up the gut and a pretty good push out to the 23-yard line for a gain of about five yards for Don Jackson. Pretty good push, but they, they did create congestion on the defensive line. The other running plays had gained significant yardage on each one, so that was a victory for Toronto because it's only a five-yard game. The other ones were even more than five yards. Bowley by Mitchell didn't look good in the first half last week against Hamilton. Seven of eight for 96 yards and a touchdown, and we've only played about 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes in the opening quarter. Faces a second down and four. He'll go to the seam on the far side. Has a man on the in route in Bagleton, who will take it across the 35 to the 40. And that's where the Stampeders will move the sticks to. Another 15 and a first down. Okay, number one observation of the Stampeders receivers is they're creating separation. And as much as I state that the number one quality you have to have, catch the football, the other quality you have to have is create some separation. Win in man coverage. The Argonauts have to plaster better to the receivers because these ones are way too open. Easy pass, easy catch for Mitchell. 40 front. Khalil Bass is in at middle linebacker for Akeem Jordan on this first attempt from the 40. Running play near side once again is Jackson, and he will take it out close to the 50-yard line. That's nine yards and close to another Calgary first down. Great seams, great play by the offensive line of the Calgary Stampeders, the defensive line of the Toronto Argonauts. Has to get off the ball. I would continue to play run emphasis defense because if you don't stop this running game, it opens up everything else for the Calgary Stampeders. That was an eight-yard run by one running back after a five-yard run. Ball at the 49. They have to get just across the 50-yard line. Everybody's in the box for both teams. And it will be the backup quarterback, Nick Arbuckle, taking it for a first down, it looks like. They're going to give him the 52. That will move the sticks. You talk about the big play ability of Terry Williams. He was a backup, obviously, last year with Jerome Messam in town in Calgary. Carried the ball 21 times. Four of the 21 carries were for 20 or more yards. 
Well, you want you have two kinds of running backs. You have running backs that if you need five yards, they're going to get you five yards. The other ones is if you need five yards, they may get you a touchdown. Terry Williams is much more that type of running back. He's in for Jackson here. Charlie Power is the fullback. He'll go in motion from left to right. First and 10 from the 52, their own. Little uh, screen pass to the far side to Kamar Jordan to midfield, across midfield. And Bass was able to come in and clean up after Kenna had the first tackle. And it will be a gain of about five yards. Second and a long five from just across midfield. What Calgary is doing effectively now is they're isolating the corners of the Toronto Argonauts. They're putting the corners in space. They're putting their athletic receivers one-on-one in space. That was a good tackle by Kenna. It was only a five-yard gain. It could have been more. Good defensive play. Ken Bishop in the rotation on the line in for Dylan Wynn right now at tackle. Second out and a long five for the Stampeders right up the gut again and it will be shy of the first down by a couple of yards as the Argos were able to collapse with Ken Bishop the aforementioned tackle in there on the tackle now for Calgary this is an interesting decision because they have a chance at a 10 point lead to extend this I would go for short yardage play and go for the first down you never know and they're going to punt the ball so it shows you what I I know uh, right now you've got all the momentum in the world the the last thing I want to do is let the Argos get some of that which they Agreed. could do with a very with good one play. Front you got Martiz back yeah. there. Well, he he almost busted the last one. We'll see what happens. Rob Maver, great directional kicker. We'll get one outside the numbers. Inside the 10 yard line, it bounces out of bounds inside the 10. Great kick again for the University of Guelph product down to the 5. A long field for the Argos, trailing 10 0 here in the first quarter. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Forming in the opening quarter, Argos have a long field ahead of them as they will start at the five-yard line. Rob Maver, now in his ninth year out of Guelph, has become as accurate as it gets. Argo fans will remember Noel Prefontaine, who had that knack for putting it out. Low, long line drive kicks inside the 15-yard line. That's Maver. He's He'll kick it a little higher than Pre did, but he still has that knack of being able to find the sideline. And that's the difference in the skill set for the punters between the Canadian Football League in the National Football League. In the National Football League, they want height. Yep. They want to force yep. the fair catch. In the Canadian Football League, they want direction, and they want to put it in sections of the field, and that's difficult to do because you have to grab the football. You have to shift your weight a certain direction. You have to hit it at the right or at the right moment so that it bounces out of bounds. It is truly a skill. Ronnie Peffers had two punts. One he put outside inside the uh, inside the 15. The other one was a high one outside the numbers. I've watched OUA football for a long time. He is the worst punter I ever saw in my life when he started at Laurier. He was a soccer player. He averaged 26 yards a punt. And I'll tell you two hilarious stories that he'll laugh at himself at this stage. First and 10 from the five-yard line. Ray has some time this time. Slipped in the end zone. He's going to dump it off to Jimmy Ralph at the 10, out to the 13-yard line. We should point out, and this is the anomaly here at BMO Field, there is natural grass to the end zone to our right by the lake, all the way to the goal line, and then there's a field turf in the end zone. It's a different footing, and Ricky Ray, when he went back to plant, slipped. He almost slipped. That could have been a disastrous play because if he had slipped, that would have been a sack and it would have been a safety. Credit Ray for, once again, having the poise and the self-control and the ability to complete the pass off balance. Jimmy Ralph gets the catch. He had a couple last week. He's been targeted three times this year. He has all three catches. Spectacular hands. They'll give the ball to Wilder. Gets tripped up, and he's short of the first down. Now, the goal of the offensive line is to get the running back through 
to the linebacker level. Yes. If you cannot get them to the linebacker level, there is very little, no matter who the running back is, that's going to produce a positive result. That was an offensive line breakdown on the right-hand side because James Wilder, if he gets to that second level, Mike, he's going to defeat linebackers, and he's definitely going to defeat defensive backs. The offensive line has to do a little bit better in terms of run blocking right now. Roddy Pepper stands in his end zone. He's going to get the ball away. Low line drive. This is returnable back to the 45-yard line of the Stampeders. Here's Terry Williams to midfield and across the 50, diving forward to the 45-yard line. And that will be a first down. I started the Pepper story, and we've got two Argos down at midfield, and one doesn't look to be good. And I can't see. One who is it Frank is. Beltre. Beltre's up though. Yeah, he's up. And that's, I believe, Matt Black down at midfield. You don't want to lose Matt Black. No. He's a very good safety and very good special teams player yes. as well. That's not good. I'll try and lighten the mood a little bit. Ronnie Pepper was a soccer player. He didn't play football until his senior year in high school had never really punted a football they were playing a game at Laurier which is a bit of a wind tunnel and he was kicking into the wind and Ronnie wasn't quite sure how to kick a ball into the wind he kicked it normally straight up in the air and it ended up 10 yards behind him it was a punt of minus 10 yards and actually took a bad bounce so it was it turned out to be like a minus 20 yard punt and there was another play again not really understanding what was happening it was a game at U of T I was sitting in the stands for and there was a bad snap, and they were, they were, he, he got it about the 10-yard line. Instead of getting the ball and on a bad snap, running back into the end zone and conceding, he turned around and kicked the ball to the end to the sideline, went out of bounds to the one-yard line. <laughs> so the other team had a one-yard. It, uh, it was Laurie and Toronto, so UFT had a one-yard touchdown drive. Well, when you look at the skill bad. sets that the punters and the field goal participants, the field goal uh, kickers have to have, it's difficult because yeah. of the width of the field and also the width of the hash marks for the field goal kickers. It's not as much about distance as it is about accuracy to sections of the field. And what's hard is that's a lot of room to cover, too. That's why so much of a success of a football team are past the 25th, 26th, 27th guy. If you can get two or three guys that are exceptional at covering kicks, yeah. their value in CFL football escalates incredibly. Matty's up and limping toward the sidelines, putting weight on his both legs so that is good news it is matt of course with the great cup clinching interception in the dying seconds of that game in ottawa last week one quick observation here right now calgary is squeezing the football field on the argonauts all the play has been to the north end of the football field first down at the argo 45 it's 10 nothing for the stampeders as mitchell goes back to pass man wide open at the 40 yard line and diving uh, down to the 30 is Tavares Daniels who already has a 39-yard touchdown. Wide open is the right description too. There was a separation of about seven yards between the Argonaut defender and the receiver and when the receiver has that ability to catch the ball and almost casually turn around and become a running back then the tackling ability of that defender coming up becomes a lot harder. They have completed a pass to the right flat area about I estimate four times so far on this on their possession. Abdul Kenna, not Kenna. Kenna with the dock. Another hit screen to the near side. That is read immediately, but a flag comes down on the tackle. Terry Williams brought down at the 31-yard line, and Frank Beltray's putting his hands up in frustration. This and might should. be on Kenna. It should, but there were five Argos right there, right there by the ball. Much better job of pursuing and getting to the football. Not one or two in space, five right at the football. 
That's the last play potentially of the quarter. It can't end on a penalty, though, so we'll wait for Tom Valesi, our official today, to let us know what the penalty is. You can hear some of the yelling down on the field. Cassius Vaughn's voice is the man that you hear in the background. Tom, what was the call? Major foul. Head tackle. Toronto number 29. 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. What I, the, I what guess the, a high tackle without it being... Well, what the heck uh, is a head tackle? It's new to me. That is new terminology to me. To the only thing up. I can think of is he brought his arm across the front or the back of the head, and it was interpreted as unnecessary roughness. He had the hands up under the shoulder pads. That's interesting. That is, I don't know about I don't that know, one. I don't know if he grabbed face mask or helmet inside the helmet without grabbing the face mask on the way down. Anyway. Bo Levi Mitchell drops back the pass. He's going to run. Ball comes out of the football at the 15-yard line. It is picked up, and it's going to be who else? Cassius Vaughn, or is that Yell? That's Yell all the way down to the 30, to the 25, to the 20. Ronnie Yell almost scores a touchdown in his first game here in Toronto as a member of the Argonauts. Ronnie, run faster. That was a great (laughs) job of forcing the fumble on the quarterback. You could almost sense that Bo Levi Mitchell got a little cocky in the sense that he stepped up and started to run. Ronnie Yell was 15 yards away from the touchdown. Just run a little faster, Ronnie, that you wouldn't have had to go on offense. Game change. Uh Uh-oh. No, we're at the end of the quarter, and Marcus Ball is in court on the play. Final play of the first 15, and it's 10-0 for Calgary, and you're listening to Argo Football on the home of the Boatman at CSN 1050.